You're welcome. <laughs> to be a girl at a nightclub. No, must it's be... awful. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Me and my girlfriends used to call it the fish, like not not the fish market. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my. The meat. God. <laughs> the meat market. Oh my god. <laughs> the meat market. You need to explain yourself. <laughs> no, a no, no, no. We're like guys <laughs> would stand on the end. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You found us, you made it here, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? This week we have a brand new rom-com, Ghosted. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, throw us a follow. As well, if you want to help out the pod, you know, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Romcom Rewind. There's also a TikTok account. Charlotte's uh, DM'd us. By the way, those like Instagram is a great place if you ever want to reach out, you want to become a part of the RCR fam. Uh, Charlotte said, I'm digging right into my childhood favorites for these recommendations, but ever after. And George of the Jungle came to mind as two films I'd love to hear you talk about on the podcast. George of the Jungle. I know. I totally forgot about that one. That was something. <laughs> it was. Especially with the Brendan Fraser, mm-hmm. it's like a Brendanaissance or whatever. Like, that would be a cool one to redo. Yeah, yeah. It was totally off my radar until she said it. And I was like, oh my God. It was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, wow, we don't have this one on the watch list. <laughs> that and um, there's the other Brendan Fraser romantic comedy. There's a couple. Oh, yes. The one where he lives in a bunker for like ever. That's oh right. Oh my God. Why can't I think of the name? And oh then he, my God. He resurfaces and yes. he falls in love with <laughs> Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, like, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that one, uh, that one for sure we have to have on the list as well. But Ghost. You're thinking I'm not familiar with this film. Well, it's a it's a brand new 2023 romantic action adventure comedy. It's directed by Dexter Fletcher, and you can find this on Apple TV Plus. It's actually on our rom-com rewind fantasy draft. It is for Devin. This is the story of Cole Turner, played by Chris Evans. Cole lives near Washington, D.C., kind of in like the countryside outside, um, where he helps us parents at their family farm and at a local farmer's market, Cole runs into Sadie, played by Anna de Armas. After a flirty but anxious meet-cute, Cole and Sadie, they hit it off, have one great night and another fantastic next morning. <clears throat> they, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> um, but after that... <laughs> God, I was going to say, people are going to jump when they hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Just, I'm just trying to subtly say that. Yeah, them. we know what they're doing. Okay, I'm just making they're sure. They're getting busy. Just making it obvious. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> but after that, Sadie has seemingly ghosted Cole, which is where we get our title for the film. Now, in an attempt at a grand romantic gesture, Cole mm. flies to London. He knows she's there because he has a tracker on his inhaler, one of those little <laughs> so tile things. And, and he's like, oh my gosh, that's that's where the inhaler is. So she she must not have had like a like an international calling plan. Oh, I'm just going to go. It's this going to be gr- this grand romantic thing. I'm going to go see her. At which point Cole realizes that uh, Sadie maybe wasn't uh, who she appeared to be. This film also stars Adrian Brody as Levick. <laughs> and there are multiple <laughs> surprise cameos that I won't talk about yet sarah you know in our personal life we also talk about devin's horrible uh french accent so it's really it's kind of this this self-reciprocating thing things we talk about the podcast make their way into our normal lives things in our normal lives make their way mm, back into the podcast and levec is in this i'm really happy i'm and i'm and so excited that you are gonna say that every single time you say his name yay you know he actually doesn't have that many yeah. scenes so maybe drink every time uh devin says levec um What are your thoughts on Ghosted? Any word? She ghosted him. I bet she isn't even seeing your text. She does travel a lot for work. Go to her. I'm going to London. See, you get it. It's a grand romantic gesture. That is amazing, mate. 5,000 miles to surprise a girl that you've only met once. Especially if she's the one who ghosted you. No, no, she didn't ghost me. She just doesn't have an international calling plan. Oh, right. Okay, this may be an unpopular opinion from what I've seen online and like other reviewers do, but um, I liked this movie. Yeah. I actually thought out of all the action rom-coms that have come out as of late, and I would even say earlier, like The Killers and Night and Day and, and the earlier ones, you know, years ago, 
But I mostly I compared it to Shotgun Wedding, which came out this year as well. I okay. kind of liked it maybe better than Shotgun Wedding. Like, I think it was well done. I don't know. I just feel like my inflections at the end of my sentences are keep going up because I just feel like <laughs> it's an, un, an unpopular yeah. opinion. Like, I enjoyed this movie. The I thought the writing was really well done, especially for Chris Evans, because his jokes were funny. I laughed out loud to them. For sure. Like they were well-timed, well-delivered. Um, you can't go wrong with Anna or Chris. They're both gorgeous looking humans. I mean, oh, and I didn't man. think their chemistry was bad. I thought it was really good. I just, yeah, I have nothing. Um, it was a nice, easy action rom-com to watch because a lot of times action rom-coms can go not in a good way. Like they're not really great to rewatch or you've seen it once. You're like, okay, yeah, I've seen, you know, this done a thousand times. I liked the role reversal of like, you know, Chris Evans being the damsel in distress versus Anna uh, or Anna's character, Sadie. Um, yeah. I, I didn't you think bring up bad. something. Uh, is this, are these two like the single most beautiful oh. people we've ever had in a romantic comedy? I, you know, like people, it's gotta be up there. Yeah. People love JLo. They think she's gorgeous and she is, but Anna is like, she, you look at her and I just can't stop looking at but, her. But even if like, I'm talking about the combination, like you oh, look at JLo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like JLo and Matthew McConaughey, I think, I think still Chris, um, I agree with everything you said. I think this film is really, really fun. Honest opinion as well. I think this is the most, well done 2023 rom-com we've seen this year. I mean, we're only five months into the year. Right. But like you bring up Shotgun Wedding. I think this is more enjoyable than Shotgun Wedding. I think it's we more well put together than Your Place or Mine. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I think a lot of things are better put together than Your Place or Mine. Yeah, but I'm going through each of them individually. I agree. I agree. Lunch bag letdown. You people, I think overall it's... Like you people was trying to to push something in a certain direction, and I appreciate mm -hmm. that. But overall, I think this was a more funny watch, yeah. like a more um, I guess there's more like comfortable watch. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I I look at all the stuff that's come out this year. I think this might be my favorite so far. Even though, like, yeah, like you said, that's I've got a whole rant about the the Rotten Tomatoes scores in a bit. But I think this one walks a very fine line of like it knows what it's doing and it doesn't do too much of it. I picture this one similar to Killers. Yeah, Killers. Ashton definitely. Kutcher, Super Spy. Mm -hmm. Anna, Super Spy. Catherine Heigl, The Damsel in Distress. Yeah. Chris Evans. But like, Catherine Heigl got annoying. She did. At the end of she that. She did. And yes. I think oh they knew God. the line of like, okay, we're going to make Chris annoying, but then we're not going to make him totally incompetent. Right. And we're not going to make Useless. him totally inept. By yeah. the end of it, you're like, okay, this, I get it. It's all going to work out. I also like that this film, and I saw a lot of critics blasted it for this. I loved it because they're like... Actually, you know what? It's a lot like those like crappy um, like uh, network TV shows that you love, like mm. The Blacklist or whatever, yeah. where they're like, there's no real, who is Levesque? <laughs> what is Aztec? There are so many super spy right. things that you're like, I don't actually know what's happening. And the and then the movie asks you the question, like, but do you care? And the answer is no, I don't care. I don't, <laughs> but just give me action. Give me entertainment. Give me a love story. Right. I, who Who's that guy who works for Levesque? I, do we even hear his name? I don't know. I don't remember it. If he did say his name, they're like, oh, and all these bounty hunters are going to come. How are the bounty hunters? Like, is there an app for bounty hunters? I didn't know. But you know what? I don't care enough to ask. So it's fine. It's it seems fine. like there is an app for the bounty hunters. <laughs> they all get it on their phone. Is that like, okay. I mean. Is that, that the future? Maybe this is something for another episode, but I feel like any movie with a bounty hunter, there is this like, ding, and all the bounty hunters look at their phone. Like, are they on WhatsApp? Is there like a group chat on WhatsApp where they all get the same shit at I, the same time? I don't know why, but when I think of bounty hunters, I think of like historically like people would have to go and like chase people on horseback I don't know why and they'd like go to notice <gasps> boards and there'd be like notices of like wanted and then like the picture of the person and then like you know reward fifty thousand dollars that's how they would get so their sarah's watching this film like they have phones like what, yeah, where's like, the whoa. lasso like are we not there like, is an app <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought this one was was really great. And also, I think if you're listening to this wondering if you want to watch this film, 
if you have a significant other who hates rom-coms, mm. I feel like this one's a very low barrier of entry. Yeah. You can convince somebody who doesn't like rom-coms to watch this and they won't be pissed about it. I agree. Because I think they'll be entertained. Yeah. Like the first 20 minutes is definitely like the love story portion of it. And then the rest of the movie is the action. Yeah. And then we get back to the love periodically, but not, yeah. it's not overwhelming. Like they basically hate each other all movie. Which I normally don't like, like the Bounty Hunter. Like it's so funny, the movie The Bounty Hunter with Gerard yes. Butler and, and Jennifer. Jennifer I hated that about it, mm. but it was more like um, that was like a deep, deep seated hate because they had a relationship, <laughs> yeah. and then they're broken up. So it's like, ooh, this is this is deep in my core. Sadie and Cole just lied to each other after banging one night. Like we can get over this, guys. Yeah, you know, Cole has some deep rooted trust issues. Clearly, with him being ghosted. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Cole. Let's dive yes. in. Anyway, okay. So, like you mentioned, Sadie shows up uh, into this, uh, well, into the city, and goes to a farmer's market and meets Cole, who is covering for um a plant stand the woman who owns plant stand kind of went off to get high and so he's covering and sadie walks up and wants a plant and they they have this whole back and forth about a plant and are you here to rescue the plant i mean i know we were kind of arguing back there but i thought that uh underneath it there was uh something something it's a great way to kick off their banter, I find. Anyway, they go on after this, the world's longest best date ever. They go to the park, uh, they get coffee, they go to a museum, whole night out, then they walk home, they kiss. I like this because they didn't we didn't get to we didn't have to wait till the very end to find out that they actually kiss. They kissed like in the first 10 minutes. And then he's about to walk away from her apartment. But then she lets him in the apartment and then Sarah, we do more than kissing. We do. We have- what was the words? What was the sound that you used? <coughs> yeah. Oh. I should, we should preface before oh. you do things like that to, to turn down They're the ball. They're banging, ladies and yes. gentlemen. We get Anna and Chris in a bed together. The sh- it's, it's so like classic, annoying rom-com, like a little bit too cheesy. And I think they did it on purpose. Yeah. Like, Cause the sheets are over their heads. The, the light is perfect. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't think they're other. laughing, but I think there was a little bit of laughing oh, somewhere. Okay. Probably. Um, so <laughs> after that, Cole goes home to the farm that he lives on with his parents and sister. And his sister's like, bro, you are needy. You're going to ruin it. Don't text this girl. And he's like, well, I've already texted her. And she's like, how many times? Eight times. That is too much. And emojis do count. Question. Yes. What kind of farm do they have? That's a really good question. We don't know. Because at the farmer's market, I noticed that he had like what appeared to be like beeswax Oh, they're bees. They're bees. I think they're beekeepers, right? That's a lot of property for bees. Have you uh, heard that (laughs) sound on TikTok? It's from the show Rick and Morty. No. But it it became very popular on TikTok. Look at your dad. Such a dork keeping bees. I mean, it's at least it's interesting, though. At least, like, I wish my dad kept bees. I mean, it's kind of cute. Like, your dad keeps bees. How old is your dad? He's obviously beekeeping age. I don't know. I think it's kind of sweet. Summer, I want to f*** your dad. Oh, really? Okay, so do you want to know something really funny? And I think I've said it on the podcast maybe before, like early, early on. But Oh, you dated a beekeeper? No, I didn't date a beekeeper. Where would I date a beekeeper here? Where are you going with this? I'm curious. Okay, so in grade six, I think we all had to do aptitude tests to see like what what would be (laughs) our best career. Okay. It is nowhere close to what I am actually doing in my, in like as my career, but um, they said that I would be a great beekeeper. That was like my top five jobs, job as careers, like to own a farm for beekeeping. Question: mm-hmm. Most attractive professions on dating apps? I would say not a beekeeper. No, it's not on the list. You're right. Well, entrepreneurs <laughs> on the list. Oh, like Maybe this is could... like legit. Okay. Yeah, oh, I've got the numbers um, in front of me. Doctor. Number four on the list. Sarah. Dentist. Not on the list. Okay. I mean, I enjoy going to the dentist. Um, this is uh, like jobs that men would have for females. Like, okay. Engineer. Yes. Seven on the list. Entrepreneur. I already said it's number two. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Construction. Construction. Just, Just construction? somebody who constr- constructs. Construct things. Just anything anything no oh architect <laughs> architect architect um i feel like they used to be on the list but they're not on this list um some something that uh can save lives as well yes 
Like paramedic? Paramedic is number nine on the uh, list. Keep going with it, though, Sarah. Other, oh, nurse. Uh, Not on the list. Oh, okay. We're talking females yeah, finding males attractive. there are male nurses. There are male nurses. Okay? You're right. There are lots and of you male know nurses. That sounded very, like, wow. yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say little that. little sexist. I understand Jeez. how that came off. But, like, there aren't that many male nurses, right? Okay, I know off the top of my head four male nurses. Wow. Yeah. Do we know four yes, male nurses? Yes, we do. Wow. <laughs> Who? You know what? We can cross that. Uh, you're missing. There's some big meat on the bone here, Sarah. Oh, I don't know why. Why don't I, I just start going through? Yeah, let's go. From the bottom, 15, somebody in the military, 14, okay, police yeah. officer, 13, oh, yeah. financial advisor. I guess it's very stable. It's money. Always going to make money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, a personal trainer, number 12. Oh, no. That's No. I would. I, that's Sarah's not, not attracted jam. to personal I be trainers. A person, I wow. wouldn't be attracted to a personal trainer. 11, lawyer. Uh, okay, yeah. 10, college student. Let's just pass that. Uh, you got nine, paramedic. Eight, model. Uh, model. Six, teacher. Okay, I was going to say teacher. Yeah. Five, uh, TV or radio personality. Interesting. Yeah. Number three, firefighter saving lives, oh, Sarah. You missed it. Number three. Oh, I feel like that should be number one, but anyway. And number one, I can't believe you haven't gotten it. I feel like it's been number one for decades. I feel like when you make me do these lists, I, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, you should come up with the lists then. <laughs> number one is a pilot, Sarah. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants y- to have sex with pilots. You know what, though? They have, I feel like some pilots, you hear the stories. They're shady. Well, yeah, because everybody wants to have they, sex with them. Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously. Oh, my God. If everybody wanted to have sex with you listening right now, you might you might not always be shady, but there would be times where you might want to be shady. <laughs> it's pilots. So Cole does not think that he's going to be needy. He... Basically gets ghosted. Sadie has stopped messaging. Um, He makes some good jokes here. You can feel the chemistry between the two during the date. And then kind of after he kind of just like he's like riding a high. He even took a picture of them when she was sleeping and stuck it on his phone as the screensaver. Creepy. What do you think? 100% creepy. So it's them in bed. She's got her eyes closed. He took a selfie in bed. Yes. Like that's how no, long that's do you need to be much. in a relationship? I feel like you got to be in a relationship for like a month. Before First you pull off, that she off. needs to know <laughs> that he took the photo. <laughs> Good point. Like she doesn't even know that he took the damn photo. Good point. She he did that while she was sleeping. Ugh. Then proceeded to like keep it in your phone. Don't put it as your screensaver. Like this is the girl of your dreams, which she is. But like, come on, and- too far. And now we've established he's been ghosted. His sister has kind of been razzing him for it. Parents not helping, by the way. But uh, he realizes that he doesn't have his inhaler on him. Where did he leave his inhaler? In her backpack. backpack. Yeah. And there's a tile on his inhaler. So he checks the inhaler and it turns out, oh my God, Sadie's already in London. And here's where the weird, intricate web of this so stupid weird. story begins. <laughs> because he's like, holy shit, she must not have an international calling plan. Mm. That's, that is why. Right. That's she's the not reason, responding. yes, to his 10 text messages at this point. So his parents convince Cole, grand romantic gesture, fly to London. You know exactly where she is. Go see her. And the guy's never been anywhere. He has a voucher from like 13 years ago, which, by the way, in these days would not be good forever. Actually, his dad brings up like, oh, you like you've never traveled internationally. And his dad's like, well, you were conceived in Ontario, which is in Canada. (laughs) Yes, There's even like a little jingle that goes along with it. Like good Good things things grow grow in Ontario. Ontario. The irony. (laughs) They didn't even know that when they made the joke either. It's like even like good things Things grow in Ontario. Ontario. I'm sure every you know what? Why don't we post this on our socials later? I think probably every state, every province mm. has some friggin' stupid jingle that yes. it's like, hey, come to what's happening in Delaware, guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, they have their stupid thing, I'm sure. Right. What's yours? Share it. Yeah, please. I want to know. The That's stupid slogan, really cool. the jingle. Yeah. Give it to us. What was the one that we were traveling one time and you saw and it was a city and it said like better, not as great as in an... Um, <laughs> there's... 
<laughs> There's like a town on your way into Ottawa. Uh, it's maybe it's Renfrew. Arnprior. Uh, Arnprior. It's one of those two. Yeah. But the slogan is like, uh, like simple and affordable. And I'm like, that's not. <laughs> Holy shit, guys! Who came up with this? Simple but affordable. Yeah, honestly, something like that. some yeah. shit like that. And I'm like, that is like you got you got. Housing only, prices are good here. There's nowhere to go but up. I was, yeah. Like, <laughs> you can get a cheap house here. I don't know if that's a good thing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they should really uh, let other people know housing prices are high. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you want to move to either Armprior or Renfrew, <laughs> simple but affordable, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so Cole gets to England, and he follows the the air tag and there's a ton of apple products placed like as um marketable like oh placement. in the first five minutes you get apple carplay in her car yes. anna's car you get a ton an of iphone stuff, yeah. you get an air tag as it's on apple tv right so anyway um he is mistaken by these you know guys to be the tax man he's kidnapped at the london bridge because all he's looking for is Sadie and the air tag is showing that she's around there, but he gets, you know, kidnapped, taken away to Pakistan. Well, we don't know it's Pakistan right away. He's in a dungeon. I thought he's he in was a cave. Still in, he's in a cave. Yeah. I thought he was still in London Me and too. They, they start threatening to like, um, torture him. They have all these wild bugs and animals yeah, and hornets and bug man. fire ants. And, and he keeps on explaining to these guys, like, check my passport. I am not the tax man. And they're very like, <laughs> just what the tax man would say. And they're, <laughs> they're convinced like we got the guy, which like, again, we don't know any background on who or what, what the tax man is even about. Like, it's just, they've decided this is the tax man. This is the bad, like, this is the bad guy for them, but good guy for us and this is how it's gonna go shout out tim blake nelson as boroslov oh is he the bug guy that's my russian accent for oh you. yeah it might be better than your french accent boroslov <laughs> i think it's close anyway so they're about to torture uh cole yes with thinking he's ants. the tax man mm -hmm. and then somebody just starts blowing up the place shooting people bang 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 it's ends up being sadie and Cole's like, oh my God, like what, what are you doing here? These guys thought I was the tax man. And she's like, they thought you were the tax man. We <laughs> learned very quickly. Sadie is the tax man. Right. And as she drags Cole out oh of this cave, he's, he's still got his carry on luggage with him. Oh, that he's bringing is bringing his like, backpack oh, with him. That was ridiculous. She is shooting everybody. We, she reveals I'm a CIA agent. Mm -hmm. I lied to you. I'm not who you think I am. They think you're me, so we got to get the F out of Dodge. Right. They emerge from the tunnel, and it turns out we're in. Is it Pakistan? It's Pakistan. Yes, Pakistan, yeah. 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 So before we dive into the high-speed chase that is That was a great Pakistan, chase, yes. yeah. Yeah, I want to go through some Reddit stories about things that people have lied to their significant others about and have just, like, continued on with the story because it's too late to turn back. Love it. Okay, so the first one is, I told her I was from the UK when we first met. I'm originally from South Carolina. So now I always have to talk with a British accent around her. Shut when up. When we're around people who knew me before the lie, I always talk with a fainter accent and they, the old friends, just think I'm joking. This was this has gone on for several years now, and I no. wish I had never started this and or confessed that I was lying back when it was still possible. Sorry. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This person has yes. been faking a British accent for years. Yes. How? I don't know. Oh, oh God. I think at God. this point you can say like, oh, it's just faded out. Like, you know, there's so many things you oh, can say. Oh, no. But then what if you're, if you're dating this person, like, what if you run into an actual British person and she's like, hey, like, he, he's from Britain where <laughs> you guys must know each other. That okay. person's going <laughs> to clock a fake British accent immediately. For sure. Luckily, there's a lot of different, like, sounding English accents throughout England, like throughout the UK. Still. Like, okay, we've seen... 
Matthew Good, who is British, try to do an Irish accent. I know, I know. And they rake him over the coals. I feel like any British person, even though there's like 20 different accents, (laughs) they can clock a fake one, though. I know. You know, know. Liverpool, Manchester, there's a difference. But an American (laughs) trying to do what? They they get it. They see that. (laughs) Okay, so the next one I have is my friend has red hair and she recently started dating a colorblind guy. (laughs) Oh, no. He thinks she's a blonde and even called. Her blondie once. Stop. She thinks he's really into blondes and won't tell him she's a redhead. I'm wondering how long this will last. (laughs) Okay. I have so many questions. (laughs) Why? Okay. Can you reread the last part where like she thinks he's into blondes? Yeah. How does she know? (laughs) How does he know? He can't see them. (laughs) Well, because I think she probably is like, oh, he's he's calling me blonde. He likes me as a blonde. So I'm not going to tell him I'm a redhead because I might ruin that. Oh, my God. This is like. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's such a weird lie because like he's never going to know. But like it might come up in conversation around other people. Like, yeah. oh, have you always been a redhead? And then right, they'll be like, right. what? Yeah. Well, where's the redhead in your family? Is your mom? Is your dad? Yeah. No, definitely there's questions that, uh, and I'm, yeah, oh yeah, there's no God. turning back on that. Okay. I do have one more. It's a little long. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I'm 24 male and she's 24 female. We've been dating for around two years. And at this point, uh, we're living together. Early on in the relationship, a couple of weeks in, I had an interview with a company and I didn't end up getting the job. I also lived in a one bedroom apartment with my parents. I don't know why I felt so insecure with myself back then, but I lied to her that I got the job and lived in a house that was really close to my apartment. Maybe I was kind of ashamed and didn't want to lose her back then and made myself seem more stable than I actually was. I regretted it immediately after telling her, but I've kept it as a lie to this day. As the relationship progressed, I found out she really doesn't care about that stuff and doesn't care about how much money I make or my living situation. But at this point, I can't build up the courage to tell her that I really never had that job or lived in the house that I actually lived in. I eventually got a job at another smaller company and told her I left that the one company because of mental stress and she was completely supportive. I'm in a much better place now and feel more secure, but I'm still ashamed that I can't tell her about, <laughs> about the lie. Shit. I'm contemplating telling her, but I'm scared she might not trust me again. Do I hold this secret forever and hope it doesn't come out? Yes. The guilt isn't killing me. And honestly, my life has changed dramatically since <laughs> I've worked hard to achieve the life I've always wanted. I've never lied to her about anything after that. Okay. What, what would you do in that situation, Sarah? You already made this lie. But now it seems like this is one of the few ones that it seems like he could be free and in the clear here. Yeah, like I would just if let it go. If he never mentions it, it might like that might never come up. The only thing is, is if she, if they ever were to meet down like somebody from this one particular company down the line. Oh, hey, did you know so and so when you worked there? And like he's a higher up like or she's a higher up like you don't know. But yeah, that's okay. Let's be real. That's a bigger what if than right. like you have red hair and you told this guy you have blonde <laughs> know, hair. Somebody might mention you have red I hair. Know. That's tough. That's, Holy shit. That's more in, imminent than, <laughs> yes. than the whole other Maybe company. Maybe I'll meet a guy who used to work at this company. Totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you just... I mean, first of all, weird red flag. It's a strange thing to lie about. Okay, but... But you just bury that secret, My thing I think. is like you lived in a one-bedroom apartment with your parents. At the time. Oh, yeah. Questions. Gosh. Like, clearly you spent a lot of time with her at her house. Like, what was that lie? That must have been a lie. Sorry, you can't come over. I live with my parents. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Your place this time. You're, right? It's still your place. Yeah. No. And this time. No, let's let's meet out, actually. Let's go somewhere. Yeah. All right. So the high speed chase is happening and it's quite epic. Like, it's done really well for a rom-com. It's on this, this like, bus that's been repurposed a little bit. I love that that was the mode of transportation that they used for the high-speed chase. <clears throat> Cole uses the love cacti. I like that. It's kind of like a reference to how to lose a guy in 10 days with the love fern, you know, the love cactus. Oh, I like yeah. it. As a weapon to get the guy who he wrestled off the bus. Because the one thing that his dad mentions before he goes on this thing, oh, did you tell her you're a wrestler? Like five times in that conversation before he goes to England. I actually like that they planted that seed. Yes. And now it's it's coming back that he, he can, can actually, actually wrestle. Exactly. Yeah. 
So Cole's having a really hard time with Sadie lying to him about who she is. And she stops him and says, like, you're a liar, too. I I looked into you. You've never been anywhere. You made yourself seem like an adventurer and that, you know, you were this big. I mean, I think one lie is bigger than the other. One being a CIA agent, maybe not. And the other not leaving the country. They're very different lies. Yep. (laughs) Yep. However, they did both lie to each other. They go into a city, Cole and Sadie, in Pakistan, and um, they go to see a guy named Marco. Over dinner, we find out that Marco is also a CIA agent and used to date Sadie. And Sadie got him into a predicament where he lost his hand. And Cole is freaking out. Like, this girl is a CIA agent, but it, to her, the mission comes first. Carnage follows Sadie totally. everywhere she goes. Yeah. So Cole doesn't want anything to do with her anymore. And Sadie has asked that Marco get, you know, his men to get Cole back to the U.S. We also find out that Sadie was in the U.S. to get something called the Aztec. And Cole was a secondary objective. She just kind of stumbled upon him and went on this long ass date with him. So this next part would have been my best scene. It should be my best scene. But really, I'm going to save something else for my best scene because I'm going to play a game with this one, though. What we find out is that uh, Levesque has put... A, that's a drink, has put a bounty out on the tax man. Right. So all these through bounty the hunters, through that through WhatsApp the group chat. Yeah. yeah. Through the notice boards. Uh, yeah, exactly. Via horseback. <laughs> so Sadie has got to get him out of Dodge because all of these bounty hunters are going to, you know, pursue him. And we need to talk about the big reveals in this movie are not actually anything about the movie itself. It's, it's these bounty hunters. Yeah. So we we meet three bounty hunters. Immediately, one person comes up to them, tries to, you know, subdue them. It's some guy. I don't even know his name. They all have, like, really weird names. It's like Bob the Bear Growler and, like, weird shit like (laughs) that. The Leopard and things like that. But the actual actor who plays our first bounty hunter is Anthony Mackey, Mm -hmm. who plays. So, you know, a little bit of backstory here. Chris Evans was... Captain America. The Captain for America. For over a decade. Mm-hmm. And his right-hand man in that series of, you know, the Avengers movies, all that stuff, was Falcon. Yes. Played by Anthony Mackie. So I had this like, oh my God, like the, it's this reuniting thing. Like, yeah, you yelled out loud. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. got Anthony Mackie and Chris Evans. Like what a clever thing. Even like, I'm sure it took them one day of filming. Like we just need to film you pointing a gun at Chris Evans and people are going to go wild. And sure enough, I did. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Okay, I will tell you a little tidbit, a little quick fact. Scarlett Johansson was supposed to be Sadie. No, yes, that would be. Oh, that would be. Oh man. So imagine that. Tough. Well, imagine if you will the next person who shows up. <laughs> so actually, there's one person who shows up in between them, um, and he's also a little bit of a. Oh, actually, I've got their names here. Okay, so Anthony Mackie is the grandson of Sam. Bounty Hunter name. Then we have John Cho show up as the leopard. Now, right. there is a Netflix series where he literally plays a bounty hunter. So I think ah. that's kind of a nod to like, he's in Cowboy Bebop. He's a bounty hunter in right. this. Like a little subtle thing. Anthony Mackie appears to die. So does John Cho. Yeah. And then our third bounty hunter, ladies and gentlemen, is Sebastian Stan. Bucky. Who is also, he's the Winter Soldier. He is. It's Captain America, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier, they even have a series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. It's this reuniting of all these random Marvel people. I thought it was so well done. So I've got a question for you, Sarah. Okay. And for you listening, RCR fam, best cameos in a movie all time. And now I will say there is some discrepancy with what is considered to be a cameo because a lot of people feel like a cameo is like when a celebrity plays themselves you know, like Kim Kardashian shows up in this movie as Kim Kardashian. There's that. And a lot of these are that, but then right. some of them are like, I think a cameo is just like, Oh, this random guy is playing this random tiny role and he's a big deal. So why don't we actually play it? Like, I'll give you my list. You can rank them. Okay. Give me like a top three. And then if I missed any, so All right. starting off at number one, we have Bill Murray in zombie land. Okay. Remember it's post-apocalyptic. They, they actually go literally to Bill Murray's mansion and he's still alive. And he's like, yeah, you know, I just I just played 18 holes. As long as you dress oh up like God. a zombie, they don't they don't bother you. <laughs> On that note of golfing, Bob Barker in Happy Gilmore. Oh, my God. That's right. Was that not classic? He physically fist fights Adam Sandler. Yes, that was good. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris in Harold and Kumar go to White White Castle. Okay. 
Once again, he played himself, Neil Patrick Harris. Right. As like this like drugged up version of himself. Tom Cruise, Tropic Thunder. This one was almost unrecognizable. He did a really good job. Like they, or sorry, I should say the makeup artists, like they did a really good job with, with covering him up. But like, I I think Tom Cruise was the best part of that movie. And Mm. there were so many parts of that movie that were fantastic. He's probably got the best lines. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. imagine convincing I'm, to, I'm like thinking right now back to imagine it imagine convincing tom cruise like we're gonna put you like the, like 30 pounds on you you're just gonna be like the biggest angriest agent he's like a studio executive yeah. who chugs pepsi constantly he did a really good job like wow uh mike tyson in the hangover right in fact yeah. one of the characters gets like a mike tyson face tattoo yes right? in the yeah. second movie david bowie and zoolander second movie David Bowie and Zoolander. Oh, he plays yeah, himself. He plays David right. Bowie. Yes. Okay. Now, all right. I'll, I'll do this one. Dan Aykroyd in Casper because he was playing his character in Ghostbusters oh, in the movie Casper. It's I like forgot. this quick scene. He basically just runs out of the house. Um, and now two, mm-hmm. I, I think these are pretty high on my list. Thor Ragnarok. If you're not paying attention, you kind of miss it because it's very quick. But... They're doing this like like play of the story of Thor and Loki, and the person they got to play like the actor of Loki is Matt Damon. Remember? Oh my God! Yes, Matt Damon <gasps> yes! is dressed up as yes, yes, Tom yes. Hiddleston. Oh, it's I like hilarious. That. Yeah. And then the very last one I have, and it's like honestly like two seconds. You almost need to pause it to really see it. It's Brad Pitt in Deadpool two. They tee up that this character is invisible. And he never talks. He never has any lines. They're just like, ooh, is he here? We don't know. Like, that's the joke they're making. Like, apparently this guy's around. I don't know where he is. (laughs) And then there's a scene where they all jump out of a a plane. And this invisible character hits a power line, gets electrocuted. And we realize he is real. And it's Brad Pitt. And it's like two seconds. That's it. And then he's gone. Okay. My top three are uh, number three, Bob Barker and Happy Gilmore. Oh, so good. Tom Cruise in... Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. And then uh, number one is Brad Pitt in Deadpool 2. Because that was shocking and hilarious. And I remember like dying laughing. Anything we missed on your list? No, I think that's pretty good. I will say that these cameos in this movie were really like you didn't see it coming. They were very unsuspecting and they were funny. Like you were like, oh my God, what a cool cameo to have in this movie. Sebastian Stan just brooding in the back of the car. So Sadie and Cole successfully escape from their bounty hunters. And then Sadie comes to a realization. They're like, hold on. Levesque wants you alive. He doesn't know. Like, he doesn't know who I am. So she's like, do you trust me? And Cole's like, no. She's like, thank you for your honesty. She knocks him out, ties him up, and poses as the bounty hunter so that she can basically use Cole as bait to get closer to Aztec to steal it back from them. Is that my money? Your payment will be wild soon. Rumor has it you stole a weapon you can't use, so you're overextended. And now you want me to work on, what, credit? No, no. Cash. And until I get it, he doesn't leave my sight. So they get on a flight together. Levesque does tell his right-hand man when you land, just kill her. And then here's where that photo comes back to haunt us. Oh, my God. Because Sadie and Cole are trying to figure out a plan. Like, okay, like, we just got to get Aztec. You know, they don't know the passcode. You don't know the passcode. I don't know the passcode. They can't even open this thing. And then Levesque's right-hand man, Levesque's right-hand man, realizes that on Cole's phone is that friggin' photo of him and Sadie. So he's like, okay, you guys are in cahoots. Yeah, you guys know each other from before. This is suspicious, I'm going to kill one of you if he doesn't know, like, one of you is going to die right now. And Sadie's actually very clever because she has the, um, from Anthony Mackie, the... um, Little zappers. The the little zappers that he put on their necks, or maybe that was Sebastian Stan, I don't know, all those things kind of melded together for me. She's like, this is, this is the passcode right here for Aztecs. The guy picks up both those little zappers, she turns the little ring thing, he gets zapped, and now we got a plane fight, which is actually my best scene. Okay. Because... At this point in the film, and actually the the next scene as well after it, because we were getting close to Killer's territory where Catherine Heigl, like Chris Evans' character, was a little bit annoying. Yeah. Like, oh, God, he's such a... 
uh, like Sadie's doing all the heavy lifting. He's basically complaining. And I did. And he's upset and he's, uh, yeah. I don't want to be here. I don't like you. You lied to me. He's kind of being like. Yeah. And then it kind of shifts. And I do like this one part where he does admit, like, I am not a super spy. I am not going to do super spy things. And that's something that Catherine Heigl in The Killers never admitted. She just kind of went along with it frantically. Just like yelling at, at yeah, Ashton Kutcher the whole constantly. time. Whereas, like, I think at this point, Cole kind of cools down. Is like, this is what is happening right now. We need to get out of it. So I'm going to follow Sadie's lead for the most part. Hate her at the same time, but go along with it. Well, and yeah, and and he can. I like that they added that character piece that he used to wrestle in yes. like hall, high school or college or wherever because he starts fighting this dude and he doesn't suck and it's all just like. He's just lifting guys up and throwing them down. It's not anything complicated or interesting, but it's like, okay, he's not a total moron. He's not an absolute liability. Sadie ends up getting stabbed right. in like the torso. Mm-hmm. And she's telling Cole, like, go, go on without me. Take Aztec. And he grabs Aztec, straps her to his chest, we think, with like a parachute, parachute. jumps out of the plane. And then we don't have a big enough budget to show the actual jump, clearly. <laughs> um, but the next thing we that. see is them on a beach and and he found some plants because like he's trying to write this agricultural book um he found some plants that will help heal her wound and he also got aztec and we're like voila things are finally you know not only are things finally looking up but cole's not a total moron guys (laughs) cole could be a little bit of a love interest dare i say it and sadie's starting to see that i think they actually share a kiss on the beach again right ah yeah, I think so. Yes. They share yes. some warm moments. Anyway. Yes, they do. Yeah. So the bad guys do find them on the island. They find their parachute. And Sadie at the same time, though, has sent a signal to the CIA for a rescue. They go to sleep in the next morning. They hear ATVs coming for them. They know that that's Levesque and his crew. At the same time, the Marines show up on on the water and they kind of have it all out. They're fighting and the bad guys grab Aztec. They take the briefcase and they flee. Because Sadie went to go save Cole and not Aztec. That becomes a big piece when they end up back stateside and Cole and Sadie are kind of being interrogated by the CIA. Right. And they're both hooked up to a polygraph test, which I actually love this. This is okay. This actually, now that I think about it, I believe I had written, this is my best scene. Okay. Go ahead. So they're under a polygraph test and the banter between the guy who's interviewing them, Cole, and then Sadie, and the person actually conducting the polygraph test, she is just like for their love story and like likes to see their love banter. But then the guy who's in charge is just not about it. He doesn't like Sadie. He's trying to use this as a way to get ahead of her for his career. And it's just, it's just turning up really bad for Sadie and Cole because Sadie basically says the mission comes first. I should have left Cole. I made a mistake. And Cole's like, what? You would have let me die? And she's like, yeah, I should have let you die. And so like they're at, you know, odds again. But I like you brought up the polygraph like operator. She's so for their love. I like that because without that to kind of like, she's very much like, wow, the sexual energy between you guys is (laughs) wild. I think we needed a character to kind of point that out because mm-hmm. otherwise I I think they did have chemistry, but I did see a lot of stuff online of people being like, did they, did they not? I don't know. I didn't, I, I, I felt it. Yes. There are movies that we've watched where I'm like, Oh, the chemistry has been meh for sure. They wrote these characters to have chemistry. I, I thought they did. I thought their lines were very well delivered to each other. I don't, yeah, I don't really get I don't really get it. Yeah. Well, like, uh, yeah, I do get the love. And I like that they had that character in there to kind of like, just like connect the dots. We're just, we're tying this together a little bit here. Yeah, exactly. So it turns out when Sadie talks to her boss boss that she's suspended pending an investigation, but most likely won't have a job after the investigation. You know, this is how the things go is what she says. The other guy, uh, the guy who conducted the interrogation is talking to Cole and says, like, why are you protecting her? She has gone rogue and like clearly purposefully let the bad guys have Aztec. She's left carnage behind her with everyone who she's met and had contact with. He shows Cole crime scene photos. Cole realizes like that one of the photos is actually the key to finding the code or the passcode to Aztec. Once again, Cole, not a total idiot. Yeah. Because he is so into agriculture and he they're looking at the the photo of the person that (laughs) that we thought had the passcode and that Sadie killed. And Sadie's like, I don't have the passcode. That chick died. And Cole is like, well, hold on that. That plant there is like a plant that the Aztecs, it, it had some prominence. So 
is that the genetic code of that plant is the passcode? Answer, yes. Yes, it is. He figured it out. He solved the riddle, guys. So the CIA say, we want you to go undercover as the tax man again. And, you know, once Levesque and his goons show up, we'll arrest them. And he's like, okay. So he shows up to the, I would say like a hotel or a restaurant where, um, you know, all the bad guys go to eat dinner, I guess. And also all the bounty hunters, yeah. like there's a scene in a few moments, the bounty hunters get their what WhatsApp uh, group chat going. And like <laughs> yeah. 10 of them are like, oh, sweet. Like it's just bounty hunters and bad guys who yeah, work here. Exactly. So we find out that Levesque knows that the CIA has set him up. So they show up to the van where the CIA agents are and kills them all. So Cole is truly on his own now. And he just hopes that Sadie shows up to help him navigate through this. Yeah, they like Levesque, his boss, they end up getting to the table with um, he ends up stalling just long enough for Sadie to show up. She ends up giving them the passcode for $10 million. But then her plan is that she used that little WhatsApp group chat. Yeah. Let all the bounty hunters in the room know that she put a $10 million price on Levesque on Levesque's head. So now we got a standoff. There's like 10 friggin' bounty hunters, all of Levesque's bodyguards. They're all like, we're pointing guns at each other. And they're in like this weird circular yeah, restaurant a thing. tower that rotates. A and, rotating restaurant. And bullets start flying. Everybody's shooting at everybody. Like somebody flinches and it all turns to mayhem. We actually meet our fourth cameo in this movie yes, which do. if only he had marvel history it would make it fantastic i mean technically deadpool is kind of marvel say, but it's, he, yeah. he's not really in the universe but we have ryan reynolds as we jonas <laughs> another one of sadie's past loves and he has lost body parts as well he due has. to her he is in love with her he's very like i'll do anything to get you back kind of vibes <laughs> um <laughs> And she actually ends up shooting her gun near his head. And he's like, oh my God, that's my other eardrum. Oh no. Oh. And so obviously he has no more hearing anymore. Fun little cameo. Just wanted to throw that in there. But we have this big, huge action sequence and it ends up that Levesque dies. They get the briefcase with Aztec in it. The day is saved. Cole is a big part of the day being mm -hmm. saved too. I will say this is the one scene, like the ending piece that I was like unconvinced and it, that it was slightly unbelievable. Like it was, it was, it was too much. It was too much. It was unbelievable. Like she, she lets Levesque go, but grabs the Aztec piece as it's falling down. Like there's no way she could have grabbed that. Like there's just certain aspects of this that I'm just like, whole, I liked the rest of the movie, not necessarily this. The whole restaurant spinning though. It's, have you ever been to a fair and you go on that UFO yeah. ride and it spins, there's so much G force that it like presses you against the wall. Yeah. They were kind of trying to explain it like that. Like the restaurant's spinning so fast that everybody's stuck to the walls. It's like, ah, really? A restaurant that high up can go that far? I don't think so. Even if you shoot the control panel, I don't I don't know about that. Well, and when you shoot there's it, gotta it's be open some air. So you'd think that, anyway, there's just some holes definitely that could have been poked and were poked throughout that scene. But I really like how we end this film. Me too. Because, so, you know, how are these two people? She's a CIA agent. He wants to write a book about historical agriculture. How do those two worlds collide? And we see them both... I mean, doing like a family dinner, she meets his family, whatever. But then we see them off traveling. I can't remember where they are. Three months later, uh, they're in Europe. They're, they're traveling somewhere in Europe. Europe. He had just been interviewing some professors, doing some work on his manuscript. He meets her at this restaurant. They're about to go for dinner. He opens the trunk. There's some guy in the trunk who she kidnapped. And she's like, we keep business in the car. And he's like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Tosses his bag in there with this guy, an arms dealer, maybe yeah, yeah. closes the trunk. They go off to have dinner together. It's this date very, night. yeah, date <laughs> night. Here we go. It's, um, yeah, it's just this very silly way of like, they're both going to live their lives, but they're both going to live them together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Make it work. Before we get into quick facts, let's play a game. Okay. Sarah, what does, so the title of this movie is Ghosted. What right. is being ghosted? Ghosted is when you like go on, go out with somebody or like on dates or whatever. And they just stop talking to you out of nowhere and you don't hear from them again. Good. Yeah. That's probably the most common current dating term and trend. Right. How well do you think you know dating terms and trends outside of ghosting or being um, ghosted? I'm going to say like a two. Amazing. So let's play. <laughs> okay. 
Sarah, mm. dating trends 2023. Okay. And terms, I guess dating terms 2023. Right, right. Uh, what does, I'll, I'll give you a dating term. You try to figure out what it is, and then I'll give you the actual answer when you inevitably uh, screw it up. Okay. What is zombieing? It's a new dating trend. Zombieing is when you're dating somebody and you're so tired and you don't want to do anything but like lounge at their house. <sighs> So you just like lounge, you're always at their house and you're zombieing. So like you just mooch off of them. Uh, that's so wrong. Okay. <laughs> it's not even close. Okay. What is it? <laughs> but I love your confidence, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. No, zombieing is like, okay, ghosting, ghosting somebody is like, you're a ghost. I'm going away. Never to be seen of. Right. Again, the relationship is dead. Right. Zombieing. Mm -hmm. Is when you come back from that after having ghosted somebody. Oh, so it's like submarining. Similar. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Submarining. Yeah. But I think because ghosting is like you're dead, you're a ghost. Zombieing is coming back from the dead is what they're looking for. How about hmm. how about breadcrumbing, Sarah? What is breadcrumbing? So I feel like it has to do with like Hansel and Gretel and they leave a trail to their heart. So like they're like playing hard to get, but they like leave little pieces of like clues like of what they like, but then they like push away and then they like come get me, you know? Hey, you're not that far off, Sarah. Oh, that's good. In the that's first exciting. quarter, I thought you were going <laughs> to ruin this, but no. So it's, it's people who are, it, it's that they're non-committal, but they just throw enough out there mm. that you're like, Ooh, mm, yeah, sure. I can pursue this, but right. then they don't actually want to commit. There you go. They're just leading you on a little bit. Perfect. It's just a fun way of saying leading on. Kind of close. This one will get you. Uh, situationship. So it's, it's again, like a non-committal person, um, situationship, but like situationally when they need somebody, you're there to swoop in. So like, let's say Christmas party for work, they need the situationship. It's not a friendship because it's a little bit more and like they use you in typical, in different situations. You're, you're kind of almost exactly right, Sarah. Oh, it, a situationship <laughs> is we're not friends, but we're not in a relationship. Right. We're kind of in a situationship. Neither person wants to establish this is what it is. We're just ignoring the signs, probably banging, <laughs> let's be honest, and yeah. just not, so not talking about what it it's is. It's like the movie Holiday. Yes, they were in a situationship, Sarah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Sometimes it, it has has a contract, you know? You know Sometimes what? I'm going gonna, gonna to start getting more difficult here because you're annoyingly getting things right. <laughs> oh, what is pocketing? Pocketing. Um, when you're dating somebody and you are klepto and you pocket certain things of them over time, like <laughs> like pieces of, um, I'm not going to say hair because that's weird, <laughs> but um, <laughs> like things that they like, you know? Uh, okay, so like you're talking about like physical theft. You think that yes. people are just stealing things from other Kleptos. people, and it's so common. But that like we little need things, <laughs> like little things that they won't notice they're gone, you know. But that they really like, you know, no, and, and it keeps you on the hook because they need to find these things. And you're like, oh, I, I found it, and then they think that you're like more endearing and like, oh my god, cooler. How many guys have stolen shit from you? None. None. Okay. All right. Just making sure. <laughs> that I know of. Like Maybe they're pocketing <laughs> shit. Well, uh, no, because that that's not what pocketing is okay. at all. Pocketing is like um, when you're dating somebody, but you don't really like. They never see your family. They never see your friends. You're just putting this relationship in your pocket. Nobody's okay. going to see what's in your pocket. The relationship is there. You're not going to meet his friends or her friends. You're not going to meet anybody significant in his life or her life. That would only... You're it, just in my pocket for It really bit. works for like men because like <laughs> girls' jeans and girls' pants have really shallow pockets. Oh yeah, guys so got great pockets. That's like not going to be too deep of a situation because uh, it might come creeping out of the pants. Woke fishing. What is woke fishing, Sarah? Oh God, no. <laughs> She, she literally turned uh, her head away from the microphone and said no. Um, like, oh, God, no. Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I can't even come up with anything for this. Okay, woke fishing. You're like really, really woke and you're looking for somebody else who is, is as woke as you. Interesting. So you're fishing for, you know how like people fish for compliments? You're like fishing for another woke individual. So you're you're wrong, but you're on the right track. Okay. Uh, woke fishing is when people who are not typically woke, I guess like it's probably an attractive, um, characteristic to have okay. to be woke, especially like I'm just throwing it out there. 
guys talking to girls, it probably looks better if you're like super woke. So mm. guys will fake how woke they are in order to get that fish, fish on the line. Yeah. Okay. So they're basically lying about their <laughs> their beliefs and shit just to be like, I don't know, girls like this, so I'm just going to say that this is how I feel about certain things. Okay. When they don't actually feel Didn't, those ways. Yeah. All right. Okay, I was along the lines. You were close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Last one, orbiting. What is orbiting? Okay, or orbiting. Okay, so you are on the dance floor with your girlfriends and you're dancing and there's a guy or person like orbiting the dance floor, orbiting you, trying to like get your attention and and or deciding themselves whether they're going to dance, but they like are orbiting to, to survey the situation and then they're going to make their move. So like kind of like landing, like landing on the moon, they're going to orbit and then they're going to land on the moon. You're welcome. <laughs> to be a girl at a nightclub. No, must it's be- awful. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Me and my girlfriends used to call it the fish, like not not the fish market. Oh my god! Oh my! The meat, god. the meat market. Oh my god! The meat market. You need to explain yourself. A no, little. no, no, no. We're like guys would stand on the end. Oh my god! What has happened? We're the guys would like stand on the like wall of. Oh yeah by the bar or like by the dance floor and they would just like watch you dance and then they basically like pick you like a piece of meat. I hated it. So um, I think I've talked about this on the pod before. Th- that makes more sense than fish. Yeah, market, I don't know. Um, <laughs> meat market. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a few questions though. Like, thank you for sharing that. That's not, that's not like, right. Okay. Obviously your experience was true, but that's not what orbiting is. Okay. Well tell me what's or- what orbiting, orbiting is. is like when, um, like let's say we break up, you're a fling and we go our separate ways and you we, ghost me, but we kind of want to keep that person in our, in our ether, in our midst, in just your orbit. Maybe I just want to go back to that. I don't know if I want to or not zombie every now and then, but then ghost. Maybe I'm thinking about zombieing. So I'm just going to go around and I'm going to like some of her shit. I'm going to like, like a story she posted on Instagram, just like, Hey, I'm still here. So it's like the social, it's like the social media piece of being in an actual club. It's like if your ex-boyfriend was at the club and he didn't know if he wanted to talk to you or not. So he kind of just like lurked around. You saw him. He saw you. That's creepy. And then, and then we can make a decision on if we want to pursue this or not. But like, you see me, I see you, I'm in your orbit, you're right. in mine. We acknowledge it. Okay. How well do you think you did? I think you actually did better than we expected. <laughs> I honestly, I'm surprised. <laughs> we need to make meat market a, tw- <laughs> a new dating. T- I don't even know. I don't know where we go with that, but there is somewhere to go with that. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure other people have felt that way. <laughs> I don't know. That's, yeah. Shall we move on to quick facts? Sure. Although Scarlett Johansson was originally cast in the lead role in 2021, which would have marked a reunion with Chris Evans after sharing the screen together in over nine movies for Marvel Cinematic Universe, Johansson dropped out due to scheduling conflicts and Anna, another of Evans' frequent collaborators, replaced her. They starred together in Knives Out and The Gray Man in 2022. She also has starred uh, twice with Daniel Craig as well as Chris Evans. She, Anna, starred with Daniel Craig in Knives Out and No Time to Die. If Scarlett Johansson was in this and they still had the Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan cameos. Would have been cool. Would it like it would have been awesome. Would it have been too much like Marvel reunion? I don't think so. Okay. The premise for this movie resembles the movie Night and Day, but gender bended. The colors of Ukraine are used to light up the Kennedy Center in the final scenes. Anna de Armas and Adrian Brody previously starred in the movie Blonde from 2022 together. This is Chris Evans' first Apple TV Plus project since Defending Jacob in 2020. Principal photography took place from February to May 2022 in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. Anna de Armas said in her SNL monologue that she learned English by watching the TV show Friends. Tate Donovan, who plays Cole's dad, played one of Rachel's boyfriends in season four of Friends. Both Chris Evans and Tim Blake Nelson have starred in at least one MCU, that's Marvel movie. Evans played Steve Rogers in many, many MCU movies, and Nelson was in The Incredible Hulk from 2008. Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, and Chris Evans all worked together in The Avengers and Captain America. 
Both Chris Evans and Adrian Brody had starred in at least one Adam McKay project. Evans was in Don't Look Up in 2021, and Brody was in Succession from 2018 and Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty in 2022. In February 2022, Adrian Brody joined the cast. Mike Moe, Amy Sedaris, and Tim Blake, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, and Tate Donovan would be added in March 2022. Wilhelm Scream. The Wilhelm Scream, a shock sound effect used by many movies since its debut in 1951, can be heard when one of the soldiers falls from the bus. The sound clip appears in at around the 40-minute mark into the movie. Very famous. It was made famous in like the 70s and 80s. You can find it in so many George Lucas things like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and then it's just gone on from there to be extremely popular. This marks the second time Ryan Reynolds and Chris Evans were in a film together. They, uh, Chris Evans made a cameo in the movie Free Guy as himself in 2021. Anthony Mackie plays a cameo as grandson of Sam. He plays a character named Sam Wilson in the MCU. Honorable mentions. I, I was going to mention that this was my honorable mention earlier. It's so obvious. It's the cameos. It's Anthony mm, Mackie. It's Sebastian one. Stan. It's Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah, just in these fun, weird quirky moments even john cho as leopard it's just um (sighs) this movie was still gonna be great without that but it just gave it a a little tiny sprinkle of magic like oh my god there's falcon and the winter soldier with captain america how fascinating you know my honorable mention is the writing for chris evans because i loved the almost corny jokes almost dad jokes that he says throughout the movie. The timing is impeccable. Just the writing for those jokes for him were really, really well done because you, we've seen him so many times for so long as Captain America in more of a serious role. And he was in a serious leadership role for the MCU and, and they have their own comedic timing for that and their own jokes. But I appreciated that outside of the MCU, because he's done it for so long. That's what you think of when you think of Chris Evans, that he had a little bit of his own humor here. I really appreciated that. And I really liked it. What should have been? Okay, my what should have been, should should Cole, after all of this, become an analyst for the CIA with a specialty in flora and fauna? <laughs> <sighs> what What's that like? Um, is it an Amazon Prime show that you love where this guy's like a CIA analyst? John Krasinski. Uh, yeah. And he ends up in the field Tom all the time. Clancy. Tom Clancy. Wait, Tom Clancy? No, but his name. No, is, his name's Jack Ryan. But Jack Tom, Ryan, It's, it's that's Tom right. Clancy's Jack Ryan. See, nobody believes that John Krasinski is like an analyst, like what he was supposed to have a, j- a desk job. Well, no, he was out in the field and then he like went was an analyst, you know, like okay. he like. Yeah. Yeah. And so you want him to live that. I do. I want him to live the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan life um, while my, writing his book. Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. My what should have been is um, I just think like I, I think we can take a moment. RCR fam, you to talk about like what do critics actually want especially with romantic comedies cuz this this scored a 60% audience score on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes a little tiny bit low but i get it mm-hmm. 28% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes yeah i don't know what they were looking for i just don't get like this is especially for a romantic comedy like let's be real if there's a movie that i don't need to think too hard about that's entertaining that's fun that makes me laugh that makes me feel good when it's over what else do you want like Mm -hmm. it kind of hits all the buttons like it's not a perfect film and i'm not going to score it that way in my rewatchability but it's very good this is a good film it's fun and it frustrates me that we we keep on seeing these romantic comedies that are like solid and the critics are like no they just redid the blah 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 and it's like yeah but that's like so many movies are like that. This was a little bit of a fresh yeah, twist. Yeah. The damsel in distress was not Catherine Heigl. Yeah. And yeah, I like it just bothers me. It annoys me. No, I think you're right because like let's let's say cuz off the top of my head I don't actually know the the Rotten Tomatoes score for Mission Impossible 18. You know? <laughs> like Right. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. But, so the critics are going to continue to score those high and it's like okay, what else can they do? Yes, it's a great action movie. So are they always going to score rom-coms lower just because they're rom-coms or like, I find that there's a resurgence of rom-coms coming and, and we can see that, which I think more than enough people are very excited about it. 
we also have to make sure that we are supporting those rom-coms and bringing them up. I mean, there are bad ones, your place or mine, you know, with, with, phenom- yeah. with phenomenal actors. And I just don't know why those don't hit. There was no reason, you know, there were many plot holes in that one, but this one was actually good. So I don't know why it didn't hit with more people. Like I said, our, our review of this, it, we enjoyed it, but it, it seems to be an unpopular opinion. Yeah. And I'm, I just, I don't really understand that. I think, especially with movies like these, you need to look at it from the lens of like, what is my audience coming to this thing for? I just want to be entertained. I want to have a good time. I want to feel like love is in the air. This movie achieves that. Anyway, rewatchability. So I've got chemistry of 4.5. I mean, those two together. The, the, my thirst factor is going to back this up, but storyline of 3.8, then thirst factor of five out of five, because my God, imagination, a 2.8, because, you know, like we talked about, it is a method that's been done a few times and they gave it a little bit of a twist. And I appreciate that. Um, soundtrack, a three cheese, a 3.88. I thought that like they did a pretty good job with the cheese. There's just the one moment where Chris Evans is like, they're like, who are you? And he's like, he's got his fists up. He's like, I'm the boyfriend. It was a little like, oh, yeah, all right. But for the most part, the cheese is pretty good. I've got a 3.83 out of five as my overall rewatchability. Okay, my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, 4.6. Storyline, 4.3. Thirst Factor, 5 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Imagination, 3.2. Soundtrack, 3. Cheese, 3.5. For an overall score of 3.9 out of 5. Yeah, like this is this is a very good movie. It's not like a upper echelon 10 years from now, we're going to be talking about it. But if you're trying to figure out what to, what to watch on a Sunday afternoon, this new movie came out. It's on Apple TV Plus and you're going to enjoy it. You'll have a good time. I promise. Thanks for listening.